Hey, this is the Thrive Church Podcast. Our hope is this message will help you thrive with God and thrive in life. We'd love to have you join us on a Sunday soon. Enjoy the message. Therefore, since we have so great a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us also lay aside every encumbrance and the sin which so easily entangles us. Anybody been entangled this week? Maybe a little bit. Maybe you've been tempted to trip up. You don't have to say yes or nod a lot or scream. Just on the inside, you can have a little nod. And let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, despises in the shame, and has sat down at the right-hand throne of God. So last week was about casting your cares, that great picture of that broomstick. You know, Josiah said, look, if you have your cares, it's like trying to run after your son with a broomstick in your hand and trying to balance it. God wants you to cast the care because he's the caretaker. Amen? So I just, I want you, God wants us to run. And before I was the, uh, you know, when I was growing up, uh, when I was younger, I played some sports. I played a little bit of soccer and some uh, football and some rugby. Sports where the goal is to run a little fast and try and get better at running. Right? My mom's smiling. She's seen my little legs moving as fast as they could. Oh, it's cute. He's trying to build with the other bigger kids. Don't hurt my boy. And anyway, so you could hear it. <laughs> I still hear it. All right. Um, I do get focused after a while, and I slow down. So just stay with me. So, so running was a thing that I enjoyed. But the fastest I ever ran was because of the crowd that I ran with that were making some wrong choices. I don't know if I've ever told you this story. But I'm going to tell it in public if you've never heard. Okay, here we go. So a friend of mine who lived in Silver Springs... His house was adjacent to four other houses, and the span of those houses was less than three feet. So being young men who like a challenge, we said, huh, I wonder if we could jump that. And so we did. So in the middle of the night, we got on the roof, and we jumped from one house to the next one. And, you know, we're gauging it. We're going, I think I can make it, and if I don't, it's going to be a lot of trouble, but there's snow. Here we go. So we jumped to the next one. And I kind of climbed over the next one. I jumped to the next house. Went, this is fun. And we jumped to the next one. So by the fourth house, we peeked over the ledge, and it lit up. And those places we were gauging before suddenly became very small. And we jumped all the way across. And we climbed down my friend's house. And we went around the back. And we ran down there and back down the alley. And unwisely went around the front of the house again. Thinking, <laughs> we got away from everything. A young gentleman came out of his house and said, hey. And he carried with him a bat. Now, he may have been asking us to play a game with him. I don't think so. I think his intent was a little different. And that picture inspired me to run as fast as I've ever ran in my life. So these were, other, <laughs> these were fairly athletic young men that I was running with. And some of them were giggling, and I was not giggling. I, was, I ran. I was at the back, and I was no longer at the back within seconds. I was ahead, and then down the gully, and up the gully, and up to another friend's house where I was. You ever get that running where it burns at your lungs? I had that, but I'm like, okay, I'm faster than I thought. That's good. This endurance that, that God's talking about in Hebrews 12 is one of endurance. You cannot sprint and have endurance. I want to show you a picture of somebody who is the king of endurance in the world. His name is Eliud Kipoji. I'm just going to call him Eliud because I know that's the right pronunciation of his first name. Even though I phonetically have it written down and have spent much of the morning trying to get it together. This is him. And you see the time that he has is important because almost miraculously... <laughs> he broke a barrier that other people thought was impossible. That 159.40.2 is for an entire marathon. I would be doing very good to, do <laughs> to run a quarter of that <laughs> distance in that time. So which, if you break this down, he runs every mile at 4.34 minutes. In 1954, Roger Bannister 
ran a four-minute mile that people thought, that's impossible. Nobody can break that barrier. He just lengthened it a little bit and extended it over 26 miles. To illustrate that even further, if, uh, if he was to break that down into the time he runs at like uh, 0.1618 meters per second, which means every 100 meters, he's finishing in 16.18 seconds. And Usain Bolt is a little faster than I am. He, his world record is 9.58. Why all these numbers, Chris? Because this dude is running fast at a good clip. He's enduring. And do you know how he did it? He did it scripturally. Based on the scripture we just read, and let me show you how. He has two things that help him out. Now, how does he do this without the aid of bats? Let me tell you. There's two things he did. Okay, if you go to the next slide. I'm hoping. Yeah. Okay, because he's got other dudes running with him, right? This guy with a mustache is not just security. They're all, <coughs> they're all world-class runners, right? This isn't just a guy that just popped. Didn't that guy look like he just popped in? Somehow he's French. Ah. Not in my notes, but somehow I like to believe the Spirit of God let me to do that. I'm slowing down right now. My, my core is at the back going like, yee. You have a timer and everything. Okay, never get that time back. These guys are helping him, much like I'm helping you. He, they, they're helping him. They're called the pacers. They're a cloud of witnesses. They have a couple different jobs. One of them is to form a V, just like a bunch of geese. And they're going to they're gonna be helping him. Walk in that drag, so they're gonna they're gonna have the wind. I'm not. I want to avoid the term breaking wind because that's not right. But they do form a wedge that allows the wind to go around them, right? And then he stands in the middle and he he gets to run in their drift. So that's step number one. There's there's pacers, right? So if you go to the next one, right? You can see these are different guys. They're made up because it's not just these whatever that is. Eight guys. One, two, three, four. Five, what am I doing? How kind of fast am I going to count? Seven guys that he's got around him. And they're to pace him. They're to say, here's the pace you got to keep at. And we're going we're gonna to block so the wind, you can travel behind us, right? There are 43 of these dudes that signed up to help him. This is a cloud of witnesses that he has. And there's a picture that you're going to see coming up where you see all the dudes who took a picture with him. So although this guy gets the glory, there are 43 other world-class athletes that signed up to help him form this wedge. This is his very own cloud of witnesses that in a way have gone before him. That know how to do the pace and how to keep it up, right? But there's this other thing that he did. So there's a cloud of witnesses. And then there's this other thing that he looks to. It's really kind of weird, but it's genius. It's a laser. Yes, like out of like Star Wars, Star Trek. He did it with laser. This is how he did it. <laughs> Some of the things are just for me. I just do it because I entertain myself. Laugh if you want. It doesn't hurt my, I just enjoy this. I'm having fun. I hope you have fun too. Anyway, lasers. I didn't Photoshop this, nor did anybody else. This is actually what happened. They have a pace car and they set a lasers on top. Why the green spot in the middle? To teleport. No, this is in order to have it mapped out where the pacers have got to go. There's a little, there's a guy in the back, right? He's got a computer and they've all preset this. So they've got the maximum path. To, I'm going to repeat this again. They got the maximum path already mapped out ahead of time that the pacers walk in, so that Eliehud can follow the pacers that follow the laser. You'll get a spiritual principle here in a couple minutes. Okay, so there's Eliehud. He's got a cloud of witnesses that run ahead of him, that have gone before him, following the light that tells him what the next step is, because the path's already been preordained for him. 
everybody's catching this, and I just want to catch this one more time, because we're going to go through each of these, almost painfully so. Some of you are in pain right now. I hope that God helps you. Okay, so there's a cloud of witnesses around them that go before them, and then they're following the light that lights the way ahead of time. So let's talk about the cloud of witnesses, because in the Bible, right, he's following Scripture to do this world record, right? <coughs> so he's, he's following, there's others in Hebrews 11. We just read Scripture out of Hebrews 12. Hebrews 11 has the great hall of fame of faith. There's all these dudes and a couple ladies that are put in this list. They said, here are these people. What about this guy? What about this lady? What about these people? Look at what, they, look at what God did through them, right? Because I want to have some breakthrough in my life. I'm in this room because I love these people, but I also need God to do some things in my life. I want to have other believers around me that can say, hey, God did this in my life. Hey, you know what? I think God can do it in your life too because God's no respecter of persons. What he did for someone else, he will do for you. So there's a list in the Bible that says, hey, here's what God did. In the, in, in the face of impossible odds, with the impossible dream on the inside of you. That's what people said about this two-hour marathon. You can't do it. You physically can't do it. That Eliyahu and a whole team of people and a whole bunch of sponsors got together and they said, we think you can. And he did it. And God says, you can do what I've put in your heart. You can overcome the impossible situations around you. I have a burning question all the time, how? Tell me how. I want to seek you, God, about how. Help me understand what the next step is that you've preordained and you've lit up before me. Help me understand what that next step is. And I believe God's going to put some things in our heart today to say, this is what I want you to do with your next step. This is how you're going to do it. Because in that hall of fame, faith, it's really fun. Because God puts in there things about these people that aren't the right steps. These people are not impeccable people. Abraham feels scared that the Pharaoh's going to take his wife. So he lies. And he says, that's my sister. And she goes in the harem. And God has to supernaturally intervene. And the Pharaoh has to come to him and go, why would you tell me that's your sister? I just, uh, here's a bunch of stuff. What? Wait. You lied and you get rich? I don't understand. That's because God was with him. You could go down the list. Jacob is blessed. And his name means liar. And he lives up to it. Famously. He is like, like breathing for him to lie. You could keep going. Down that list. Noah becomes a drunkard, right? There's lots of stuff that he does you shouldn't be doing. And he's supposed to be the top guy in the whole, whole earth. You just keep going down that list. They have David, they list. He's done some great things and some not so great things. Slept with his, you know, one of his best dude's women and then he killed the dude. Not great. The, <laughs> on the, it lists this lady as Rahab the harlot. The gracious, merciful God says, here's what I'm going to put on your business card for all eternity, all time. And why does God do that? Because he says, I want you to look to these people so that you don't look to these people. Why would he do that? What? Why is he saying, I'm going to list some people for you to look at so that you don't look at them? The people in this room are here to encourage you, not so that you can copy what they're doing. Because the people that you're running with, they're looking to something or someone. The people you run with, they can't help it. That's the way we're built. We look to something or someone. There is a vision and direction that they have. Just like Eliud's pacers, they're looking at a spot that they believe is going to help them in the best course of action. And they're going to just take the next step. It's a little different because these dudes know the path. There's a nice circle route in Vienna. It wasn't too high or too low. 
That's not ours, but the illustration's going to hold for us here today. Okay, good. Just one. I just need one, Scott. That's okay. Or this from my wife at the back. That's actually the same to me, but that's not what I'm here to talk about. Okay, so there's, there's, two th- there's many things. Okay, so you have this crowd of witnesses, but they're not perfect. But they're looking to somebody, the author and finisher of their faith. They all look to him because he's saying, look, I know the path. I am the way, the truth, and the light, and I'm going to light your path for you. Amen? Anybody need some breakthrough today? Anybody else need something from God to say, God, I know you're going to help me with this. Amen? Got all the, you got to run. Anybody else ready to run in Jesus? So I want to know, <coughs> and so did the disciples of Jesus, because they see him doing miraculous things. They ask him a very interesting, they ask him a very interesting question. They say, how do we do the works of God? Now even asking that, they believe he's got an answer that applies to them. Otherwise, they could expect, because I'm Jesus, I'm the son of God, don't do this. If you speak this, you'll burn your lips off. Forget it. Don't even try this at home. Don't even get the game, the, the at-home kit. It's not for you. Your job is just to watch what I do and be really happy that I did it. But that's not what they ask. They say to him because they believe they can do it too. And in fact, when he sends them out, they do do it. They come back and they say, hey, we cast out devils. We healed the sick. People were recovering. This is great. Jesus says, Don't rejoice at what you did. Rejoice in your Father in heaven. Because what does Jesus respond when they say, how do we do the works? Do you know what he says? He says, and I want you to just show this up here at the, this is still a screen, Chris. That's what you can call it. Okay. He says, believe, here it comes, drum roll. It should be Roman, uh, it should be John 6, right? John 6, 29. There we go. Jesus answered and said to them, this is the work of God, Right? Not to do P90X every morning, not to make sure you've read this number of books. P90X, that's so 90s, Chris. I know. Okay, I understand. Not to go to the gym a whole bunch to get yourself in good health. You're not depending on all the doctors for your good health. You're, you're, you're not making sure you follow 17 diet plans. You're not making sure you got all the best doctors in the world. These are all good things, but that's not the first thing. It's not the primary thing. The thing that God wants you to do is believe. Everybody say believe. Say it three times. Believe, believe, believe. You can smile when you say it. It's okay. That you believe in him whom he sent. That's how you do the works. That's how you do the works. All this other crowd of witnesses, do you know what their their redeeming quality is? Where they're looking. Where they're looking to. I want to give you some confirmation. Scripture should be 1 John 3.23. Here we go. Because the apostle whom Jesus loved writes an epistle. And he says, this is his commandment, meaning this is a commandment Jesus gave us. That we believe in the name of his son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he commanded us, those two are the same. Unless you believe that God loves you, you're not going to be able to walk in his love. You have to believe in the name of his son, Jesus, gives you access to that love. Now, this all sounds great, but I still want to know how. Believe on Jesus? Believe in what? Like, help me. What do I believe in? That he is? And he's a rewarder? Okay. How do I access that? Drum roll, please. Here's another scripture, and then we're going to talk about some things. We've already been talking about some things. <laughs> but here's, here's the point I want to get to. That should be 2 Corinthians 5.21. And for this week, you could do yourself a favor and burn this in your memory. Even if you've heard it before, because this is how you get access to the works of God. This is what gives you the right to come to God boldly. 
He, meaning God the Father, made him, meaning God the Son, who knew no sin, to be sin on our behalf, so that we might become the righteousness of God in him. It is his righteousness that allows us to run the race. It is his righteousness, a right standing with God, not what we do that is right, but what he did that is right on our behalf that allows us to run that race. Because otherwise, I'm looking to everybody. I'm looking to what can, my, you know, my wife, Cora, she's a great person. Maybe I should just copy what she's doing. Or maybe I should look to my pastor and put all this weight on him that you've got to be a perfect person because I'm in your church right now and you've got to be able to make sure that I follow things, get inheritance from God. And if I don't, it's all your fault. But we don't look to people. We look to Jesus. And what do we look to Jesus as? God, you want to treat me like that. You want to treat me like the unblemished son of God because you love me as much as you love Jesus. I think it's John 15, if you want to have a reference and look that up. God loves you and treats you like Jesus. Meaning he sees the potential in you. When you come up and say, God, I can't do this. He goes, I know. I know. I can't come up here, God, and give people a word. And as entertaining as I want to be, I want to see lives changed by the word of God that allows people to change what they're believing. I don't want them to see the pacer. I want them to see the light and follow the light and have just the pacers be a way to say, there is a light. Here's the thing that you can see. Here's the thing that's being blocked by the pacers is the light. And if you get out in front, you're going to help other people follow in your wake. Woo! Yeah, you can cheer later. That's fine. I'm excited by being the pacer for other people to say, hey, where I've gone, the journey that I'm walking through, because they're suffering. I'm not trying to tell you this is all fun and games. We go through stuff. Jesus took our sin and our sickness, but how many people know that the suffering assigned, you're suffering assigned to us? The suffering that Jesus said you would go through is that things aren't going to look like what they're supposed to look like. Things are in your finances aren't going to be the abundance that God's provided you. Your health that you've gone through and said, God, you need to deliver me from this. He may put you with it. He's not, he's not giving it to you. He's going to walk you through it. He's going to say, hey, look, I'm with you, and I'm, I've never left you or forsaken you. I want you to see you in your situation as righteous, meaning this situation isn't right. What I'm going through isn't right. How those people treated me isn't right. What they said about me isn't right. What they did to me in my childhood, that's not right. But that's not your focus. Your focus is on the one who wants to make it right. Your focus is on the one who saw your path ahead and lit it up and said, I've not only surrounded you with pacers and examples, but I have my son, the light of the world, not just out in front of you only, but on the inside of you to light up your way and to show you the path in which you should go. Amen? Amen? God has good things planned for us, wants you to walk in his light. If you believe in his righteousness... Because it's in comparison to what happened in the Old Covenant. In the Old Covenant, it was about what you did. Right? Thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not, thou shalt not. Here's a bunch of do's. Over here's a New Covenant where things were already done. In the Old Covenant, it wants to talk to you about <coughs> the way that you missed it. How you could, because nobody follows all those rules. You're like, there's just ten. That's so hard. Don't steal a donkey. I'm on it. I can't do, I, you know, I won't do that. But it's heart-level stuff that Jesus said. He said he, he lifted up the law or the old covenant and said, look, even if you think thoughts about your neighbor's wife, you're done. You, you haven't followed the law. Even if you say angry words to your neighbor, you're as guilty as someone who murders. He, he held up the law to say no one can do this list of things that need to be done to be in right standing with God. 
and then overhears what Jesus did, he gives you, he says, here, I want to give you this righteousness so that you can follow it and you can do what no one else can do on their own, but just God can do. <coughs> I want to give you a couple scriptures for righteousness, and then actually I'm going to wrap it up, probably in time even. That's awesome. Okay. All right. The love of God compels me. It says compassion on the inside. Okay, if you're listening to this on tape afterwards, I'm going to give this to you quick. The way you walk is to be set in righteousness. Psalm 37, 23. The steps of the righteous are ordered by the Lord. How you acquire stuff. What? How you acquire stuff depends on how you see your righteousness. Matthew 6.33 says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added unto you. How you grow depends on how you see the righteousness of God. Just a couple chapters previous in Hebrews 5.3, I didn't give these to these guys. Sorry, you're probably scrambling, but I didn't give these to you. So don't look up here. Just write them down or get them afterwards or listen on Spotify. Okay. Hebrews 5.13 says, for everyone who partakes only of milk, meaning infants, is only a cust is not accustomed to the word of righteousness, for he is an infant. What does that mean? That means if you're looking to your own righteousness, you're an infant. When you grow in Jesus, you're going to look to his righteousness. Hey, Chris, this grace stuff, that's pretty good, but we need to grow in holiness. That's how you get there. You receive it. First, uh, I think it's First uh, Corinthians 1.30 says, He has been made unto us wisdom, redemption, and sanctification, also known as holiness. He did all the work. Now, why did he go through all this trouble? Because if we could just follow other people's examples, Jesus wouldn't have to have died on the cross or died in the way that he, he suffered. He did it for a reason. Because God wants to treat you good. Because God wants to treat you good. I have a, a little boy who's actually not a little boy for three and a half. He's actually like wearing 5T stuff. He's like, he's thank God he's got his mother's jeans in that regard because... They're all very large, giant people, taller than us. My wedding picture's hilarious. All of us hobbits and my wife there. And then me with all of the giant people sitting there like the happiest little person that ever was. <laughs> so he's not that small. But God gave me something to, to, to put in his heart. Every night I say, Reuben, what does daddy want to hear from you? And he started saying, uh, I love you. I'm like, no, no, that's not it. He's like, what's the secret to have you leave me alone right now? Because, and, and God said, I want you to get him to say this. Say, I want you to say, Reuben, Daddy, I know that you love me. Dad, my heart just goes like that every time I hear it. Daddy, I know you love me. I don't want him to say to me, Daddy, I love you. That's way down here. That only is the fruit of, Daddy, I know you love me. God wants to be so good to you. You know, a couple weeks ago, and I'll close with this. I will close with this. Here we go. Okay. <coughs> I was praying a couple weeks ago, using my imagination for good things. Saying, God, I believe that you're going to do this in my finances. I believe you're going to have this in terms of the influence you've got planned for me. And it was like, you know, you're, you're going to be out of debt and make probably 25% more that you're, you know you've made in the past. And there's actually a study done that most people just want 25% more, right? Even if you're multimillionaire, you'd be like, I just want 25% more of the millions that I've already made. It, it's, it's across the board. <coughs> so I kind of had this thought. I said, 
wouldn't that be nice? And I believe God spoke to me because it interrupted my thought. He says, I don't do that. What? Like, you're not going to help me be, no, it wasn't. I don't do just nice. The good that God wants to do through you is offensive to other people. God wants to be so good to you, others will be offended. That's scriptural. I won't give you all of it. But in Jeremiah 33, it says, I will make the nations fear and tremble for the good that I will procure or give unto the children of Israel. And you're in that line. There's a whole bunch of other scriptures, but I want you to get God wants to be offensively good to you. I, he just doesn't want to put you over. Jesus went to the cross so that you could be part of the family. Experience his love. Wake up every day and go to bed every night and say, Father, I know you love me. Even though I face this, because I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, this has to change. So that not only the good that God's got planned for you will come to you, but the bad that you don't want in your life goes away. How? Keep saying to yourself, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Right? One of my faults and failings. Can I share with you guys? We're family, right? You may have not met me before, but I'm calling you family. Here we go. One of the faults and failings I have is I like to tune out and watch too many YouTube videos. Like the Super Bowl from 1985 of my favorite Chicago Bears that I already know the score of. Like, why am I watching the full game? I got other things to do. God help me with this. So when I'm watching it and I know I don't want to do it, do you know what I say? I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I don't condemn myself. I don't chase myself with a bat down the street trying to correct what I'm trying to do. I just go, I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And suddenly my desire to do something more productive with my life comes, in, comes into play. Because God's on the inside of you, and he wants to speak to you about the good things that he wants to do in your life. Amen? I assume you're thinking. God has good things planned. You'll go through suffering. You'll go through things you didn't plan and you prayed against. I don't want to make this too heavy. We had twins a long time ago, that we, about five years ago, that, that uh, were stillborn. And I've got a picture of me kissing my wife's forehead, and she's holding those, those babies. And it's because I'm so glad that she's not suffering and, and that, that everything's okay. But now God's given me a redemptive picture. I've got two kids that I, I love and I just treasure. I was saying on the way over here, this, this is my wealth in this car. My favorite thing to do is to have waffles around a round table in my kitchen with my family. That makes me feel like a wealthy man. You can say, oh, but that's a desire in my heart. God wants to put things in, in your path. As you follow that light, there will be abundantly, exceedingly, beyond all you could ask or think, and he's just getting started. Wherever you think the finish line is, he's like, woohoo, now we can get started. Amen? Could you stand with me, please? His finish line is amazing. You know, it's, it's uh, interesting. Eliud, when they interviewed him afterwards, said, why would you do this? Why would you put yourself through all this training, sir? to get to this finish line. And it's interesting what he said, because it's also scriptural. He said, I want people to believe that all things are possible. God wants you to believe that all things are possible. And the qualification is in him who strengthened you. Yeah, Chris, but what about the work? And Paul, by the Holy Spirit, he says in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, listen, I labored above them all. And he compares himself with other people. And he says, I labored above them all. But he says, not I, but the grace of Christ that works in me. God wants to enable you to do the things he's called you to do. 
You get to be the great vessel of his blessing, a channel of his goodness, his abundant, overwhelming, uh, above. Maybe you don't want that. Maybe you just want to get over. But that's not God's plan. Ephesians 3.20 says, God is able to do abundantly, exceedingly, beyond all you could ask, think, or imagine. That's not just magnitude. That's his path. How many people have ever um, walked through a path that's exactly what you thought it would be? 15 years ago, five years ago, last year. I don't think so. If you are, I'd like to talk to you afterwards. I have some notes to take from what you have to say. But God has this wonderful path that's like, uh uh-uh, you think it's going this way. I have this one. Why? Because you wouldn't have thought of it. I know. So that he can, people can go like, hey, you're following something and someone. I want to see what you're looking to. I want to know what you're able to see on the inside that I'm not seeing. Because I've read this, I've talked to these people. And they don't know what you know. And you have to say, look, I want you to know who I know. If you don't know the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, it's not just a principle. Jesus himself wants to know you better. If you don't know God, I would, it would, uh, it's important for me to just take this opportunity. It would be honor me to get to pray with you and introduce you to the one who wants to give you far beyond all you could ask, think, or imagine. And if that's you, we're not here, to, uh, not here to embarrass you. If you just put up your hand and say, yeah, I want to pray that prayer. I want to give my whole life over to Jesus, knowing that he has so much better plan than for me. And if that's you, just, just lift up your hand. You know, there's no uh, time or distance in the spirit. Maybe you're listening to this on wonderful Spotify or all the many different uh, media outlets that we have available. We'll edit out the snickering later this holy moment. You can put your hand up wherever you're at and just say, you know what, I accept Jesus. I, I, want, I want to know the one who created me for so much better than what I can ask, think, or imagine. So if that's you, I want you to just pray this prayer with me. And everybody in the room, just repeat after me. Say, Heavenly Father, I believe you sent your Son to free me from my sin. I receive your goodness make me a new creature in Christ I thank you Jesus for leading me and guiding me in Jesus name amen now I want you to hold in your heart that one thing maybe you don't have anything like I said I want to talk to you afterwards but I think everybody's got one thing that you're like this is niggling at me I want this to change Lord this isn't right you hold that in your heart right now and I just want to pray with you just just repeat after me or let me just pray over you and you can say amen quietly and we'll agree together because there's great power in agreement amen Heavenly Father I pray for the people within the sound of my voice that your righteousness would be lived through them that Lord you help us just like Pastor Josiah shared with us last week cast our care over to you show us how your righteousness has delivered us how your righteousness is working through us and in us. Lord, that you have a great path for us. Let people have dreams and visions as you prophesied. Let them speak your goodness out over their situation. Let them see it turn. Even this week, quicken their situations, Lord. Quicken your wisdom in them, Lord. Quicken the people around them who will speak a word in due season that allow their situations to change. That allow, Lord, your Holy Spirit to reach people in their lives that they thought were unreachable. To allow provision to come into their lives, Lord, so it could be put to good use. Lord, that your so that your covenant could be established. That your health and healing would manifest 
rest in people that's already been paid for, Lord, that they could rest in you, knowing that you are the great healer, that you are the redeemer, that past sins no longer have hold over us, Lord, that relationships that seem broken, Lord, you are the great mender of relationships, and you have wholeness planned for us in every area. Lord, we thank you that even as things come against us this week, remind us that you have lit our path with your goodness, and the path of the righteous drips with your goodness. Help us to see what you're doing better. In Jesus' name.